0: his great house the home of peace uh, we're looking at decision o'clock hearing god navigating womanhood Whew. you know navigating womanhood is an extreme sport, ladies you agree with me extreme sports. right so two disclaimers first of all let me apologize in advance because i may say things that will make you uncomfortable please don't beat me after service so i'm only but a child but whatever i say It's because I love you and I want us to grow. Secondly, everything I say here to you, I say to myself. In fact, I may be the chairman of the table of the receiving end. So please, yeah, those are the two disclaimers. So um, Pastor Beard already did, you know, I can't even find the adjective. An amazing, you know, work on teaching us or telling us the ways that God speaks. Right? Do we remember those ways? What are they? Yeah. 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 Fellowship. Awesome. Uh-uh. You <laughs> know, Bible. <laughs> okay, so he already did all of those. But today we're going to be looking at the flip side to it. There's the hearing, and there's the doing. You are hearing. You've learned how to hear God. God is speaking, you're hearing him. But herein lies the question, are you doing? Those things that you're hearing, are you doing them? You know, I wish I could stand here and tell you that, oh, there are 101 ways. These are the 172 ways you can navigate womanhood. That every day you wake up, you look at the manual, and you say, okay, today this is what I'm going to do to navigate my womanhood today, right? But the truth is, you're first a child of God before everything else. And as a child of God, the only way you really do navigate anything in life. It's through Christ. It's through the spirit. It's through hearing God. So how do you navigate womanhood? It's by hearing God. I feel like the message has finished. <laughs> it's by hearing God, right? But now, beyond hearing God, there is the obedience. There is the doing what you are told. There is the bringing everything, bringing all of you, in obedience to Christ because there is no point hearing if you're not doing because you said oh I'm not hearing good I'm not hearing good okay now you're hearing what are you doing are you are those things becoming are you manifesting or are those things becoming manifesting your life are you obeying are you in total submission to God's word right now there are things that can block us from actually obeying God there are things that can block us from doing those things that we hear God say things that can hinder us from making God-centered decisions because your life has to be God-centered it's no, it's not a negotiation We're not negotiating it we agree we're on the same page right so I'm going to talk like we're on the same page you have to have God-centered thoughts God-centered positions, God-centered perspectives, that is how you can make godly decisions that would affect your life in the way that God has ordained it to be, right? So today, what we're going to be looking at is the blockers that can hinder us from actually bringing everything about us to the obedience, you know, of Christ. Now, I chose this angle because Our age group, please, anybody above 30 here, female, please, please, Minister Donny, don't, if you put your hand up again, I will send you out of this place. Hello, behave yourself. (laughs) So our age group, you know, we are in that stage where we're in a tricky stage. It's two things. You're in that stage where you need to make decisions for your future, but you're also in that stage where you've made decisions in your past, and then you need to move forward. To make decisions in your future. Now, where you are now is, how do I say this? Where you are now is, it has a direct correlation with decisions that you've made in the past, right? Now, where you are going is a function of the decisions that you make now, right? So that is, we are at that critical stage, you know, um, preparing to get married, preparing to have kids, um, dealing with because in your late 20s or early 20s and early 30s building relationships becomes uh, you realize that actually building and sustaining relationships is not a joke (laughs) and when I say relationships I don't just mean romantic relationships I mean your relationships with your friends you know because in as much as you know be submissive to your partner you also have to be submissive to your friends though that's the that's the only way you they love. Laugh. <laughs> you have to be submissive to your friends. It's true, because that's what love is. Love is submission. You have to be submissive to your friends, you know. And as we go in navigating womanhood, in growing and doing all of these things, all these things come to play. So there is no, um, I want to hear God in my career. I want to hear God in my spiritual life. But in your relationships, you're not hearing God. It doesn't work that way. It is a total package. So when you're a child of God, Everything comes as one package. So, again, blockers, things that could block you from doing those things that you hear God say, right? All right, I'm also going to say that, um, I'm trying to lay a foundation to where I'm going. You know, during the panel session, some of the ladies mentioned, like, the societal standards, the stereotypes, the way society is wired for us women. There are things that we may have done, decisions that we may have taken, um, mistakes that we may have made, that outside of the kingdom of God, right? Outside of people that really understand what love is, what forgiveness is, what being born again is, you know, there is the what's the word now? The stigmatization, the feeling that, oh, I've done this, how do I say this? How do I confide in someone with this? You want to enter a new relationship. Do I tell my partner this part of me? Do I, because you are afraid of, you know, the stigmas or what will he say? What will they think? You know, so that's why I'm choosing this angle this morning, right? So, um, and the way to truly, the way to truly obey God, right, is to have a relationship with him. how do you have a relationship or how do you obey somebody you don't have a relationship with I mean how do you obey somebody you don't know and it's tricky because a lot of us or some of us right cannot actually distinguish the difference between actually knowing God and having a relationship and just acknowledging him they are different Sister Mercy knows me I get to church she greets me we say hi we are chummy chummy to each other she knows who I am. She knows my name. So she, when she sees me, she acknowledges me. I acknowledge her. But do you know my surname? Do you know my house address? Do you know my favorite food? Do you know my favorite color? You don't know. You don't know me. And that is how a whole lot of us are with God. We know we have knowledge of God. We know that, okay, God is the omnipotent. He's the this, he's the that. He's my father. But, but... Do you really know him for yourself? Like, have you had that revelation of God that is personal to you? Because the revelation you have of God is how, is how he would, um, what's the word now, communicate to you. It's how he would deal with you. God deals with you on the level at which you allow him to. Right? So how can you really obey when you do not have a relationship? So that's the first thing. You need to have a relationship with God beyond acknowledging him. Beyond just knowing who he is or just having like church knowledge. So PFM says this is who God is. You grow with it. But who do you say God is? Who is God to you? What is the angle of your relationship? Right? So we're going to just go straight into um, blocker one. So the first blocker, I'm going to be treating three blockers this morning. The first one is self-condemnation. The second one is comparison. And the third one is lack of joy. Lack of joy. The first one, self-condemnation. The second one, comparison. And the third one, lack of joy. (laughs) This (laughs) self-condemnation. Please, can you open, can you um, project? Romans 8, verse 1 to 3. So we're going to read two scriptures. Romans 8, verse 1 to 3. Oh, please can I have Psalm 103, verse 12 first. Then we go to Romans 8. You know, when I was saying that we do things, we make decisions, we make mistakes, and a lot of times we just wallow. We just wallow in guilt, in self-pity. You know, and it's, 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 it's a natural thing. And that is why you're a supernatural being. That's why you're led by the Spirit. Because you have the Spirit to override your flesh. That is what the Spirit is there for, to override your flesh. You know, Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Please, can I have an Amplified Bible? There's all these scriptures I call. Just give me an Amplified Bible. Thank you. Uh, all right. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Do you know how far the east is from the west? I mean, on the globe. On the globe. There is no point where the east and the west meet. There is no point on the globe, on the world globe, where the east and the west meet. That is how much, that is how far God has removed the transgressions from you. So please, who are you? That you are still holding on to your own transgressions by yourself you can't forgive yourself of your own sin that is his place he has done it right and in second corinthians five seventeen, he says um what's that what's the scripture second corinthians five seventeen. yes even me i'm being christ is a new creature Behold, All things are passed away and all things have become new i think we don't really grasp what it means to be born again right the yeah, Amplified Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as Savior. He's a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. When the baby is just born, please, does the baby have any records? Does the baby have any records? is exactly what it is when you accept Jesus. When you give your life to Christ, you become a baby in Christ. That is why you have the concept of maturity because you have to grow from babyhood to childhood to maturity. So a baby has no records. So if God, (laughs) the almighty, the creator of heaven and earth has wiped your slate clean, there's no reason, right, why you should wallow in self-condemnation, okay? Um, okay, and, and I think that the issue, in my own experience, right, my own experience with self-condemnation, because I have lived a life, <laughs> and coming to Christ, right, I think the, another issue is that we have a, a, a very interesting perspective of what Christianity should look like. So when you give your life to Christ, you expect, Shebi, all things, all things have passed away. I have a new life. You expect that it becomes rosy. You just wake up in the morning. Just say, hi, Sky Daddy. What's up? New day. Let's go. It's fresh. <laughs> God takes your prayer seriously. So when you say you want to be like Jesus, get ready to see Shegi. Because Jesus did what? He saw Shegi. Thank you. I like that. Jesus went through it. He went through it. He went through it. And God will take you through refining moments because treasures go through refining moments. Gold, diamonds, precious stones. They go through refining moments to see the beautiful things that you see. Now, God takes us through all those refining moments, and you, in your small mind, you think that He's punishing you for something that you did before coming to Him. But He's not. He's not. God works through your vulnerability. Pastor Bjorn talked about God speaking through situations and, you know, circumstances and opportunities. In those down moments, those low moments, those bad days, those days that you don't even want to be a human being. You'd rather be a table, right? (laughs) There are those days, ladies, you would agree with me, there are those days, right? He's working, he's working through you. He's working through you. He's really, really working through you. God walks, And the, the thing with this is, the devil also takes advantage of your vulnerability and your emotions. Now, when people say, don't pay attention to your emotions, don't, don't do these, don't do that. It's, it's tricky. Because God created those things. God created your emotions. Because he also uses them. You need your emotions to be compassionate. You need your emotions to feel things, to feel things like love, to feel things, you just need your emotions. So how, the same way God works through your vulnerabilities and emotions, the devil is also doing his own. Well, as always, we show the devil that power, passwords, power. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So self-condemnation. Um, okay. Another thing is, Another thing with self-condemnation is when you're going through a healing process, right? How do I say this now without roping myself? Okay. (laughs) So when you've... Holy Spirit. Okay, let me give you perspective. Let me give you a perspective. Before I took Jesus seriously, I had an addiction problem. Oh, I had many problems. Well, if I begin to say that story now, I think we need like three services But yeah. (laughs) Moving on. So I had an addiction problem, you know, alcohol, drugs, name, whatever. And I came into Christ. Now, when you're living a certain when you're in that life, you know, you don't really know that you have issues. You think you're fine. You think you're normal. Like you just be sad, just pop a pill or two, drink a few shots. You're fine. Rinse and repeat over and over again your lifestyle. But the moment you come into Christ. And then you have to live a clean life. Just feel one moment of sadness. And you'll be your, your heart, your body, because years of habits. And you've come into Christ. And then you're expecting that, you know, miracles happen though. There are people who have it easy. But me, <laughs> it took, it took a, and it's still taking a lot of work to consciously submit myself. To the spirit of god and overcome all those things right so when you are going through a healing process the things that need to heal will resurface they will come to the surface because the life that you're living before has suppressed those things so for healing to happen they have to come to the surface when you have malaria you see the symptoms you begin to feel sick if you don't if people don't see you that way they do not think that you are sick if you go to the hospital the doctor will be looking at you like why are you here, bro? You know? And so we need to understand those things. So no, it's not because your own born again is half done. Or your own born again not cooked very well. That's why you're going through all those things. No. God is taking you through a process. And you need to trust that process and stop wallowing in self-condemnation. Because if you keep wallowing in self-condemnation, whatever God is saying to you, you will not even hear. Even if you're here, you will not do. Because you will think that I am not deserving of these things that God is presenting to me. That is why self-condemnation, self-condemnation is a blocker. All right? Blocker two. Time really does fly when you're here. It really does. It's not even running. It's just flying. And I still have the Holy Spirit. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So let's move to blocker two. Maybe I'll see other things later. Um, comparison. You see this comparison thing there? It branches out to a lot of angles. How you compare yourself to your fellow women. How you compare yourselves to men. Amen. 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 <laughs> How you compare yourselves to men. Kilo day, what is it? Like, when you begin to. I think the issue is we do not understand what God has called us to do as women. That you want to say, you want to be fighting to be equal to a man. Personally, I don't have the energy. Ha. <laughs> I don't have the energy. The, the role, that helper role that God has said. Oh, but I think the problem is you don't even really understand what it means to be, a, to be a helper. You don't. Because what is the head without the neck? Really, what is the head without the neck? What, it, what is it, right? When you come into a full understanding of your role as a woman, you will stop comparing yourself to unnecessary things. Gender roles this, gender roles that. There's some things that are just common sense. That's the truth. There's so much to the kingdom. So much depends on you. And you're bothered about who cooks the food. Some people already are already eyeing me. I'm sorry. I yeah, wonder who cooks the food. Like, I'm not even saying, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, everybody loves a little help. The married women are <laughs> it's, it's Everybody needs a little help. That's why I said some things are just common sense. If you are hungry, you will eat, you will cook. Cooking is a, is a survival skill. Certain things are just, washing your clothes is hygiene. It's just common sense. Like, we've left the really important things and we are, what? Fighting over Things that you can employ people to do for you. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. Comparison also happens in your everyday life. Oh, for me now, I'm personally, I'm saying it now, me and Ife, me and sister, and Mrs. Apostle so anything Ife, we are fighting because I hair has the audacity to be longer than mine. So that's a big issue on its own. So you're sitting there comparing yourself. Oh, my this is not this. She has it easy. I don't have it easy. Look at her. She's at this age. She's married. Me, I'm approaching a certain age. I don't, nobody's even telling me, hi, what's your favorite color? (laughs) Like you don't behave yourself. (laughs) You know, we have these struggles in the workplace. Oh, she got the promotion and I didn't. Do you know the interesting thing? As God is taking you a refining moment, you see, all these things that you struggle with are part of what God will use to help you build character development. You see, God will give your friends those things. Your friends, the people around you, those things that you want, they will get it and you will watch. Sure you say you don't want to have things, you will have. You will grow. You will watch. You will learn patience by force. You will learn endurance by force because you have to go through refining moment. Being a treasure is not in the mouth though. It's in the works. You have to. God will take you through all those things. And if you're comparing yourself, please, when God speaks and gives you a direction, how do you want to follow that direction? When you're looking at Talagbaja's direction, you don't focus on your own road and mind your business. (laughs) They play. Anyways, so (laughs) So you know, comparison is is just an interesting i find it, I find it interesting. Another thing that comparison does is it awakens ungodly emotions. You have jealousy, you have envy. And women, let's not lie, let's say the truth. Let's not lie, let's not steal. See, jealousy. Whew. Whew. Jealousy is something that. We need God to help us. You see, the thing is, when you experience negative emotions, personally, in my own experience, I will always say my own experience because I've come to realize that this life is not one size fits all. We have a center, God, but our execution is different. Personally, I've come to see that when I feel certain things, right, I have to call them out. I have to agree that, okay, yes, I'm feeling this thing, but, but, this thing is not going to override me, Right? jealousy. Me, that I'm standing here, I have dealt with jealousy. And you know the thing with jealousy is being a child of God. It's okay to feel feelings though. I think I need to clear that. It's okay to feel these emotions. But what is not okay is that you allow these emotions to dictate your actions. The thing with the flip side to jealousy is actually genuinely being happy for that person and loving that person. If you have to be extra, be extra. If you need to be extra, sis, be extra. Congratulate that person. Send that person a congratulatory gift. Just say, I'm sending you this gift to tap into your blessing. You want it. Person doesn't need to know. But if you need to be extra, be extra. And do it with joy and gladness. Because this life is big enough for all of us. The sky is big enough for everybody to fly. You didn't get that one. God would always Seriously, man, why is this time flying now? God will always give you the best. There is always the best reserved for the children of God. Amen? Amen. Why are the brothers, amen, louder than the sisters? (laughs) All right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Yeah. So let me just move to blocker three. Blocker three, blocker three, blocker three. The absence of joy. This one is my favorite. It's my favorite. And it is the toughest. Again, in my what? Experience. It is the toughest. Keeping your joy. No matter what happens. I have joy. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. (laughs) You know. And I decided to use Apostle Paul for this this part. For um, the analogy of this part. Now in Philippians, um, you know, studying the book of Philippians, I read a Bible commentary that said Philippians was nicknamed the epistle of, the epistle of joy because Paul was overly joyful for somebody who was in prison. He was a happy prisoner in figure, in literature, figure of speech was that called? an oxymoron? A happy prisoner Look at literature students. <laughs> a happy prisoner. Paul was joyful. He wrote, so a lot of the episodes were written from prison. Paul was in prison a lot. Right. And, okay, let me take you back to the beginning. Initially, Apostle Paul didn't want to go to Philly. He didn't want to go to Macedonia. So Philly is a city in Macedonia. He didn't want to go to Macedonia. He was on his way to somewhere else when the Spirit of God gave him a vision and redirected him to Philly. And he went there and, you know, that was the that's the background to the establishment of the church in Philly. Right? Paul got to Philly and he was arrested and in prison. That's why you have the Paul and Silas story. He was arrested and he was in prison. God gave him a vision to go somewhere. Else, but he got there. You got, God will give you a vision to take that job or not take that job. Right? Because sometimes we feel like God gives us instruction to do, but not to do. God will tell you to, can tell you to not do those things, those things that are seemingly good and seemingly make sense to you. But he's telling you not to, right? So Paul got arrested in Philly. Now, this is Paul writing from a different prison in Rome. Now, in the prison in Rome, Paul literally had like soldiers chained to him every six hours, a six-hour cycle, every six hours they are changing. So do you know how how much of a (laughs) spiritual terrorist you have to be? But they have to be chaining soldiers to you. Well, my guy was still writing the epistles and writing books in the prison. Please give me um, Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Give me Philippians 1, 12 to 14. Then we'll go to Philippians 4. Philippians 1, 12 to 14. Paul wrote to the Philippians and he was happy. He was rejoicing that even in his predicament, the word of God The will of God, the work of God is still ongoing, is still going on. It says 12, 12, start from 12, 12 to 14. All right. It says, now I want you to know, believers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment that was meant to stop me, has actually served to advance the spread of the good news, Regarding salvation 13. My imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become common knowledge throughout the whole <sighs> Praetorian Imperial Guard and to everyone else. 40. Because of my change, seeing that I am doing well and that God is accomplishing great things, most of the brothers have renewed confidence in the Lord and have far more courage to speak the word of God concerning salvation without fear of consequences, seeing that God can work his good in all circumstances. Now, in this time, Paul was in prison. People were afraid to preach the gospel. But when they saw that even from the prison, Paul is writing epistles, and writing books, and preaching the gospel. The people in Caesar's house were giving their life to Christ. And it gave the people outside more confidence that if Paul is in prison and he's doing this, who am I? Who am I that I cannot do the same? And I'm not even in chains. I'm not in prison. You see why he rejoiced. So this is why even in those situations and circumstances that are beyond your control, God is doing something. God is working. You have to learn to take yourself out of the equation. You have to learn to take yourself out of the equation. Because it is all about God. Everything you do is God-centered. That thing that you are doing, that work that you are doing, how is it glorifying God? If any head that you are making, how is it glorifying God? I'm asking you. because It's me and you in this church. <laughs> how? How? How, is, how does God come to bear in all these things that you are doing? Right? Give me Philippians 4 from verse 4. Paul had joy. Imagine if he was a grumpy prisoner. Imagine if he was complaining that the food that they were giving him in prison was too watery. The water was dirty. He wasn't having his bath. He was this, he was that. He wouldn't have been able to touch lives. I won't be here standing and teaching Philippians. He, but he, he took it upon himself to have joy. And let me say that joy is not a feeling, no. It is a knowing and the joy that you have is that you have Jesus. You have Christ. You are filled with the spirit. You are born of the spirit. You are the son of God. Ladies, you are the son of God. Son is not gender. Son is your position of maturity in Christ. You are the son of God. Philippians 4. Philippians 4 by far my favorite chapter. In the whole of the New Testament. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. The light take pleasure in him. Again, I will say, rejoice. You know what it means to rejoice? You know what it means to rejoice? You know, when the word R-E, when the, you have the preface R-E before a word, it means to do repeatedly. To do over and over and over again. So you have to continuously rejoice and not cease. The same way you pray without ceasing. You rejoice without season. Can I have us five, please? Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near, regardless of your situation and circumstances. Again, beyond your control. Be gracious, be nice, don't be nasty. Which is why character development is very important in the kingdom. You cannot be spirit filled and have a nasty, foul mouth. You don't, you don't go together. That's like eating. What is it eating? Don't be you eating? Domi and bread, Minister Donnie. Verse 6 says, Now, this is like, you know, when the doctor gives you prescription, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the night. You see this Philippians 4, verse 6, that's what it is to me, right? It says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving continue to make your specific requests known to god some of you will be praying your prayer pray and not get leg, like, you don't get where they go you don't get where they come from they're just praying with no expectation no place no placing any demand see there are days when you are praying safe you cannot find the words there are those days where the only thing you can do is cry groan i mean you have the spirit of god to you know Complete that transaction from you. But well, you want to pray. You want to ask God for something. But you're asking like, let me just ask. Make you know, be like, say, I no ask. Not asking because you know you have already received that thing. Can I have verse 8, please? All right. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever, honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Did he say you should meditate on your worries? I mean, you can't manufacture a job by yourself. Why are you worried? You cannot cure the illness by yourself. Why you they fear? It says that whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Please, God has said so many things concerning you. He has made so many promises in this Bible, in the Bible, in his word. And he has said also that you should meditate on those things that he has said. Now imagine you're not doing all of these things. You're not filled with joy. You're not... In everything, like even in the littlest of things, in the lack, in the lack of money, and the illness, in in the emotional issues, the health issues, you're not joyful. How exactly do you want to obey God? Because God is always speaking. Now you know, yeah, God is never silent. He's always speaking. So you see how the lack of joy can block you from actually hearing from God and can block you from actually doing the things that God has asked you to do say I am joyful I am joyful I am joyful okay so finally I'm going to tie it together you know I know we may be thinking you know sometimes when we hear the word of God when we hear a sermon we're always thinking okay so how do I what's the application there's the hearing, there's the application. Like, how do I go about these things? How do I make these things manifest in my life? How do I make these things real to me? Right? So, I already said it. You have to remove yourself from the equation. You have to remove your sense of self. Uh, and stop walking in your flesh. Can I have 1 Corinthians six nineteen to 20? Um, you know, you are spirits. First, you are first a spirit. You just have a soul and you live in a body. Your body is just your container. Your spirit is, is the main thing, all right
1: And the
0: what you need you're not building for yourself and that's where having a relationship with God comes in all right I'm trying to rush because I have like oh, four minutes more. All right. yeah uh, let me see dinner. Okay, yeah, please take me to Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 20. I think this is where I really want to hammer on. Now, divine things, right, are seen by the heart and not by your understanding. All right, divine things. um, Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 20. Divine things are seen by the heart. You know, Ephesians addressed a group of Christians who didn't understand the wealth that they had in Christ. You know, they didn't understand that and Ephesians also talks about building the body of Christ and growing up spiritually you know God has revealed so many things he has revealed a thousand things to us and um so many things that we cannot understand when you try to grasp by your own understanding which is why you need the all right it says and I pray that the eyes of your heart the very center and core of your being may be enlightened flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know And cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. 19. 19. And so that you will begin to know that the immeasurable... The unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believes. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, 20, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So you see, the things of God, the things of the Spirit, you only know through who the Spirit. Only the Spirit can reveal spirit things to you And the spirit cannot reveal spirit things to you if you do not have a relationship with the spirit. You need the spirit of God to really do, to hear, to obey. You have to bring all of you, I'm going to say that again, to the obedience. You have to bring it to obedience. Christ. All right. Um, So, all right. So I said, when your heart is purified, your spirit is enlightened, and with divine healing and ease, you will bring all. of you into obedience of Christ. So, ladies, last last you can see there is no seven major ways to navigate in womanhood. Your womanhood is not outside of Christ. Your womanhood is within Christ. All the manual you need is in the word. What you need to build meaningful relationships is in the word. What you need to be a kingdom wife is in the word not a woke, you woke? wife. There's a way we do things in the kingdom. There's a way we do things in the kingdom and that is what you must do. Do not be distracted by all of the things that you see in the society that seem good. When you see those things, as much as they appeal to you, carry your two legs and go back to the word and ask yourself, what does God's word say about these things? Right? So this morning, ladies, are you ready to submit Yourself, Are you ready to submit all things in obedience to Christ? Are you ready to submit all things in obedience to Christ? Are you going to make a resolve and say, Today, I am retracing my steps and making a rededication that everything that I do, all that I do, you know, is in obedience to Christ. There's this song. there is a reactivation of your love in them that they come to the fullness to the full understanding of who you are that your relationship with them grows deeper and deeper every day they are saturated and taken over by your spirit their life becomes new and everything that they have belongs to you they receive the grace and the spirit to obey in jesus name amen Great House, the home of peace.